the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton, and uh, great to be back. Uh, Missed my time at the State Fair. (laughs) Getting caught up in uh in traffic and getting rerouted all over everywhere, man. Like drove around for an hour. Uh, I was I was done. You know, what I mean, I I just felt I don't know why you rerouted me north and I, I need to go south. I, I I still am trying to figure that one out. Today, you sent me all the way to Roseville Mall, and then I got to fight my way back up to the state fair. It was like. I didn't understand it, you know, but whatever they did, it worked. If, they, if it was to make me frustrated, I was good and frustrated by the time I finally did get to get in there. And, uh, and then my wife couldn't find a parking spot. Oh, it was just, it was a, it was a, it was a nice day. It was a nice day. So good to be back. Uh, just, just had a great, great time. I got a chance to go to uh, Portland, Oregon last week and uh, was in a, a, some urban multicultural meetings and, uh, just talking about what 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 God is doing in, in our urban areas and and what He's doing up against uh, you know various cultures. You know, had an opportunity to um, really explain to some people and enlighten people. You know, some different things. You know, growing up in an urban area, um, you know, you 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 get used to different people groups. You know, um, you know, to my children, it's like on our block in North Minneapolis. Uh, you know, we only had like about four. African American households on our block in North Minneapolis. The rest were all other persuasions: Laotian, Cambodian, Vietnamese, uh, Hmong, uh, Native American. Um, you know, I think uh, one family was from Guatemala, North Mexico, and a couple, couple, even a couple, uh, you know, white families were there. And uh, and so it was just just a plethora of folks there. And, and uh, our block was, you know, we we all got along and we we had a good time and. You know, we kind of understood, stood each other and looked out for each other. And it was something that was there. And a lot of times, you know, what you have now happening in our urban centers all across America. And I really saw this in Portland that I was there is that is that, you know, people that were raised in the suburbs, you know, are tired of being so far away. You know, don't want the big yard anymore. They want to move into the city, be close to the city, close to the action. You know, in Minneapolis, let's go down on First Ave and act a fool or Let's go down to the fair trade coffee place and get some coffee and, and do whatever. And the cities are coming back again. And so for me, looking at it, and I'm just saying, and, and I was just amazed at, at the cities represented at this meeting. Everybody talked about how you know, a lot of suburban churches were planting churches in downtown in their downtown areas. 
you know, and, and I know the same thing is true in, in, in Minneapolis. People are planting churches, you know, in downtown. You know, I can give them some other areas I wish they would plant a church in. But, uh, you know, but for right now, downtown is the hot spot. And, you know, I remember when I was a little kid being going downtown and you see all these big churches that were there. Even when I moved to Minneapolis 91, you know, all the churches that were holding on because everybody was had moved out. You know, Lake Street was considered the suburbs at one time. And, and you can see a lot of churches, church buildings up and down around Lake Street uh, over there where they had moved down there and moved up there. And then family moved out to, you know, you going out to uh, Minnehaha High Creek and then Richfield. And, you know, now you just way out there, you know, way down to Prior Lake. But but now people are moving back to the city. So churches are looking for buildings downtown and downtown comes in there, you know, and and, uh, and downtown is a cheap place to live, you know. And so, you know, you start a church, you know, you can get a nice little base going if you know, if you get them to dig in that pocket. You know what I mean? And so church planning is, 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 is a hot topic now people want to do. And uh, and, you know, downtown is a hot place to go. And, you know, and one part of me is thankful, you know, that people are wanting to come in and, and uh, come into the city. But then another part of me goes like, wow, you know what I mean? Is this, is this the part of the city that really, really needs the gospel? And, and that's what I want to uh, talk to you today. You know, the reason why we do this radio show is, uh, you know, not for fame and, and, and fortune or anything like that. It's just to make you aware of what God is doing in the city. Cause so too often times uh, I just want to share a story with you today. Uh, you know, I was I was at a at a fishing for life event at uh, Crystal. It was Crystal then before we came New Hope, uh, but it was Crystal Evangelical Free Church, and and we were at a fishing for life event, and uh, somebody from uh, a Christian radio station, not this one, you know, came to me and and uh, wanted to ask me some questions about what was God doing, uh, you know, in in the city, and so when we got on air, he threw me kind of a curve. Cause then he said, "Isn't isn't it great that the city finally has a, a good evangelical church?" And he named this uh, a friend of mine's church, and, and you know that he had just planted. And they kind of threw me off guard. I stopped and I, I said, "Well, I said no. I said no. It's not good. I said because we've had a lot of evangelical churches." In, uh, in North Minneapolis, he said, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but we finally have a good one. You know what I mean? And 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 I was offended by that because there's some some, some serious trailblazers, guys that uh, that I, I, I really look up to, you know, in uh, in North Minneapolis. You know, I look at, uh, you know, I just look at Pastor Walton, uh, Pastor Beecham, you know, uh, you know, Pastor, you know, McAfee. Uh, I look at Pastor Thibodeau, you know, guys that that were, you know, that have been you know, battling it out in, in North Minneapolis for a long time, Pastor, you know, both Pastor Heron, senior and junior, you know what I mean? Just, you know, just that, that have been in the fabric and, and been there for people. And then for this guy to say that because this new church plan is there, because it happens to come, I guess, from a predominantly white denomination, that it was, we finally got a good one. You know what I mean? I was, I was taken aback because those guys, they, they weren't laboring to be seen. They were laboring to, serve God. And, uh, and so I, I got a little heated, you know, I mean, which some of you would find that easy to think some, some think it's hard. And, uh, eventually the guy had to pull me off the radio cause he could tell I was about to get warmed up. So somebody intervened and said, 
Well, that's pretty good, Joe. And then, you know, because the guy kept wanting to keep talking and, and it was there. And, and I say that just to say this is that a lot of times from our perspective, what we tend to call a good church may not necessarily be good for the community. And, and sometimes we come into an area with our own predisposed way of how we what we feel people need and not really taking the time to find out what God says the people need. And so we we have a cookie cutter uh, project method of doing stuff. And, and and when you attack an urban area, you have to have a flexible uh, methodology. You can't just say I'm coming in an urban area and everybody here is, you know, at risk for gangs, teen pregnancy, poverty or whatever. That's that's not true. I mean, uh, I don't think that, you know, my family fits any of those, you know, and so therefore my family wouldn't be drawn to you if you if you had that kind of definition of urban. A lot of people look at urban as being minorities. Yeah, and, and that's just not it. Urban is just what it is. It's diverse. It's urban. You know what I mean? And it's a little bit of everything. I mean, you with a mile from my church, you find everything either way. You know, either you're downtown at the at um, Target Field, or you and you're you're you know across three ninety four and and uh, in that neighborhood, you know, you or your Golden Valley or Hidden Lakes, you know, you know, or in or in the heart or on twenty six in, in North Minneapolis. It's everything in between, and. and and so, you know, sometimes people say, oh, there's a church on every corner in the city and they're not effective because you still have crime. I said, you got, you know, when we when we look at church planning statistics, you know, I think last time I checked, you know, Minneapolis could use 275 more churches to try to reach everybody. You know what I mean? So if you're in a densely populated area, a church on all four corners, all, all those churches can be healthy with the number of people that are there. It's amazing to me how when we go out to eat and we drive up and we see we'll see four or five restaurants on a corner. But if we see four or five churches, we get mad and say they shouldn't be that close together. You know, but, but, but we you know, you see a McDonald's, you're going to see a Burger King or Wendy's, a Subway, you know, a chicken place, everything like that, because they realize People ain't gonna eat the same thing every day. They want a little variety, and they're, they're not hurting. They're just trying to get the scrap business, and we just think we 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 battle so much that we don't think about how we can really healthily be be healthy and support our community. So as we were talking and strategizing as a denomination and what we we could do, you know, I said the first thing I want to point out to you guys is as you as you plant churches and look at the urban context is this is that you can be mono-ethnic and multicultural. And you can be multi-ethnic but monoculture. And and they had to stop and think about that. I said, yeah, you, you look at the church and say, this is an all-black church. But that church is multicultural because race is not culture. You know, you have different cultures. You have, you have people who come from a blue-collar culture, white-collar, educated, non-educated, uh, you know, skaters, bikers, gangbangers, whatever. They're all different cultures. You know what I mean? They're saying that they all can look the same racially, but you still can be multicultural and monoethnic. So you don't, just because a church doesn't have um, any black people or Latinos or Asians or whites or whatever it does, that does not mean it's not multicultural because there are different cultures that, that exist. You know what I mean? You know, just, you know, and so you got to understand that. But, in, but on the other side of the coin, a church can be multi-ethnic, meaning you walk in there and you see 
uh, natives and, you know, Asians and everything like that. But yet it's mono culture, meaning a lot of times they all come from, you know, a uh, 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 college educated, upper middle class, uh, you know, culture and everything like that. My church is 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 multi uh, ethnic, but monoculture and the, and the culture that's the predominant culture and and uh, in my church is 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 street. You know, and so sometimes the illustrations I use when I'm preaching, you know, are street illustrations. And uh, and so, I, you know, I, I see people come in sometimes and they want to plant in a particular area and they bring people in with them. But they don't really the people don't end up reflecting the the original people group they want to reach. And they they get frustrated because, you know, people are coming to the church for whatever reason, worship, preaching. Uh, just want to be a part of a plant, but then you struggle to get the community to come and to have to have buy-in with you. You know what I mean? Because we have to understand diversity. You know what I mean? Diversity. We tend to stack our leadership staff up, and we think that we may have somebody from every ethnic group would make people feel comfortable. But you know, I, I'm not comfortable. You know, with every African American. You know, what I mean, I, I'm just I'm just not, you know, what I mean, I'm more though I'm educated. I'm still more of a blue collar kind of guy, you know, and I tend to live my life in a blue collar kind of way. You know, what I mean, and, and it's just nothing hatred or nothing like that is just, you know, I, that's just the the culture that I like to be associated with. You know, I love sports, you know, what I mean, and getting there in that particular that particular subculture, you know, I, I like to do that. I still think I got a, a little bit left in me when it comes to certain things. And so we have to understand. So when we look back on it in the urban context and we look at like, what was Jesus looking at in his day? You know, and when Jesus said those words, that you know, he come to heal the, you know, the brokenhearted, you know, and preach, you know, freedom to those that are bound or captive, you know, and, you know, and we, and good news to the poor, and we come in here and we have to understand that 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 sometimes what we call poor, <laughs> it may be not what other people may call poor. You know what I mean? And so we have to understand who it is we're trying to reach and what is good news to the people we're trying to reach. What What is good news to them? You know what I mean? You know, what would be good news? What's good news to the healthy is not necessarily good news to the sick. You know what I mean? So and so we have to understand and we have to be not flexible in our theology, but flexible in our methodology, meaning the methods that we use to communicate the gospel. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it varies. You know, some some good news, you know, is different for me than someone else. You know, then even for my wife is different. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, what that good news is. And so and so we need to go you therefore and teach all nations as as the word says, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit, doing what we need to do to to reach folks. But at the same time, we have to be open and flexible, and understanding that what is going to be good news to somebody, what's going to heal this broken heart, may hurt that broken heart. And we we have to allow, which means only one thing: we must be spirit led. You know, you know. And I like how Jesus prefaced. He said, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me." You know, what I mean, not not my college education, not not my call from my pastor, not my certificate from my denomination, 
but the spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? And, and, and he will direct you and guide you in what you need to do. I want to come back. We're going to take a break. Uh, just so good to be back with you again and to share my heart with you today. And uh, we're going to take a break and, 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 and bump ourselves out with a little bit of music. And then we're going to come back and then I'm going to talk to you about when, what happens when we allow the Spirit of God to be the leader in this situation and we're not following some model or some blueprint. All right, take care. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Solomon was one of the richest men in the world. Abraham's flocks became so numerous he had to separate from his nephew Lot. Peter and Andrew had a fishing business. God's word and truths have enormous impact on business and business leaders. Has the Lord called you or your church for ministry outreach to the business community? Call me, Gary Borgendale, local ministry director, on ideas how to reach the business community through our sister station, Business 1440. 651-289-4412. Welcome back to Isaiah 61, Radio Ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, uh, coming back for the conclusion of our show today. Uh, you know, I, as I was talking to you before the break, I was just talking about when you allow the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you. You know what I mean? And and I know a lot of people don't like that because it becomes, it becomes a cop-out. And everybody says, well, the, the Spirit is leading me this way. The Spirit is leading me that way. And 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 we've heard that and, and we've seen people justify a lot of things and and get away from that. But we know the spirit of God will never contradict his word. And and, that, and that's why you got to be skilled in the word of God. Let me say this before I go any further. You have to be skilled in the word of God. You know what I mean? You 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 need to study to show thyself approved. You know what I mean? A workman that need not be ashamed. You know what I mean? That, that you have. Uh, you know, you're spending more time, uh, you know, watching uh, Netflix and, and social media than you are in God's word. And you you you're an expert at what you spend your time at. You know, what I mean, me uh, personally, I, I I love God's word. I love study God's word. I love discuss God's word. You get in my car. Uh, it's not music ain't playing. It's I'm listening to preachers. You know, what I mean, I I love God's word, and uh, and so uh, and so therefore, I think it's just something that everybody has to do. But now now we have more of a regard for stories, and uh, we take our biblical information secondhand. Meaning that, you know, we like to hear somebody else explain something and and we don't get into the word of God for ourselves to understand what it is. And let me tell you what happens when that happens is that you can only make decisions to the extent in which you've been exposed to something. You can only make decisions to the extent in which you've been exposed to something. So therefore, if you have never been exposed to a certain thing, then you can never really speak on that certain thing. And so, therefore, getting into God's word, though you may not be exposed to it experientially, 
you at least understand the basics of how God moves and how God lives. And I know we get into arguments and things like that about what is for the day and what is not for the day and what is for a Gentile and what is for a Jew when we get into the word of God. And I think we just make it a little bit harder than what it needs to be because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What pleased God yesterday pleases him today. What offended God yesterday offends him today. And when you get into a relationship with somebody, you know, I can only speak to how it is with my close friends and my my best friend in the world, which is my wife. You know, it gets to a point where I go beyond the superficial things that 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 honor her and respect her. And I begin to study her and I begin to understand her. I understand her childhood. I understand her teen years, you know, because I love this individual so much. And I just want I desire for her to be be happy and whole that, you know, I, I try to get that level of understanding, not the superficial things that you learn by manner classes or things like that. But I, I really want to know her. You know, what I mean, I really, really want to know her. And that's what happens when you're in a relationship. So now here's now here's Jesus. Jesus says the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And why is the spirit of the Lord come upon me? He said, you know, to heal the brokenhearted, uh, preach good news to the poor and set captives and prisoners free. And so, you know. But sometimes we leave out the spirit of the Lord is upon me and and we get this call, you know, and we want to go and exercise this call. So we go to Bible college or uh, we take this crash course in church planning or whatever we do. And we go out there without that guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you this, and I believe this with all my heart and soul. And it's one of the reasons why I joined the Foursquare denomination that I believe that it's going to take a mighty move of God's spirit to break our cities, to break our cities and our urban centers of the world. It's going to take a mighty move of God's spirit. You know what I mean? And and, and so therefore, you know, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to exegete these strongholds out. You know what I mean? You know, you're going to have to come at them, you know, with, with prayer and with fasting. And, and I really believe that. And, uh, and, you know, and, 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 and I'm Pentecostal, charismatic, or however you want to say it. I'm not I'm not ashamed of that. But, you know, it's so funny. My Pentecostal friends call me evangelical, and my evangelical friends say I'm too Pentecostal because my Pentecostal friends, I study the Bible too much, and and uh, my evangelical friends say, you know, I just believe in the power of the Spirit too much. And so I think I'm in good company when them two can't agree on me. I must be doing something right. You know, but I, I say this to say this, that your methodology has to be flexible, but it still has to be spirit led. Right. But it still has to be spirit led because there's some things that I do that people love when I'm out there. Uh, guys love how I, I preach the gospel. They love how I approach people. Uh, I'm straight. I'm firm. I'm direct. But you know what? My same style that wins others to me offends others. It, it offends others. You know, people get offended. You know, when I, you know, especially if I get to talking about sex, you know, I just come right out and ask young people, you know what I mean, about are they sexually active? I haven't, I, I, especially if, if, if you've been in a Bible study of mine or your church member of mine, I had somebody, you know, I just going to come right out. I, you grown, I'm grown. You know, I'm going to ask you, you know what I mean? You know, and, and that offends some people. Others appreciate it. You know what I mean? So that's why you, you, you have to be flexible because you need the Holy Spirit to tell you how to approach, you know, I'm biblical in what I'm doing as a leader, but am I spirit led in what I'm doing as a leader? Because what may attract one 
will repel another. And the only way I know whether how I approach someone is going to attract or repel them is if I allow the Holy Spirit to let me know. Like I can give a, a, a hip hop concert and I, I give a, a, a hip hop concert and it's going to attract some and they're going to be happy and they're going to be happy. But then at the same time, it's going to repel others because they think I'm compromising the word of God. You know what I mean? You know, and so well, how do I reach those that, that are drawn by that? But how do I not offend my brothers and sisters that are offended by that? You know what I mean? The only way I'm going to do that, man, is the Holy Spirit has to lead me and guide me to this thing. I can be bold and say, uh, forget the other one and minister to the other one and, and, and be right in my own eyes. But that's not what God has called me to. He's not called me to be right. He's called me to be obedient. You know what I mean? Understand that he hasn't called you to be right. He's called you to be obedient. You know what I mean? You know, all things are not expedient. and All things are not lawful, as Paul has us to believe. So I want you to understand this. And in all that getting, get understanding. Come to understand those that you're called to reach. Come to understand them, not from the perspective of what you believe they need, but come from the perspective of what the Holy Spirit says that they need. You know what I mean? And you don't plant the church because it's the economic thing to do or everybody else is in a particular area and you go there, be spirit-led in where you go and empower their thing. You know, not picking on anybody, not throwing no bones, but man, we need some help in the city. God bless you guys. Check out our website. Love you. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.